0: With the 32nd pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select.
1: You're listening to the Journey to the
2: Draft podcast.
1: Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast. I'm Fran Duffham alongside Tony Pauline from DraftAnalysis.com, and we are reporting live from my hotel room here in St. Pete Beach. At the East West Shrine Game, and we're back today to recap what we saw at a second day of practice here at the Shrine Game. We begin things at the top of today's podcast on Draft Buzz, where I chat with Tony about everything we saw today from the Trop for East West practices. After Draft Buzz, we'll then transition to Pick Six, where today Tony and I will talk about our six favorite offensive players in attendance here at East West practices. We did this yesterday with defensive guys, so it's only natural that Tony and I look at the other side of the ball. After that, we'll get to our unofficial visit where in today's show we will catch up with Michigan tackle Jawan Bushel Beatty who was one of my favorite interviews from practice today this afternoon then we will wrap things up with our scouting report segment where I'll go through my notes on BYU linebacker Sioni Takataki one of my favorite players here in St. Pete and a player who I believe has looked pretty good over the first couple of days of practice but enough of this let's get into the action here on the practice field let's see who stood out it's time for Draft Buzz.
2: Now it's time for Draft Buzz.
1: All right, Tony. Draft Buzz. As I bring in uh, my fellow compadre, Anthony, Pauline. Tony, uh, we were at both practices today, obviously, watching all the action. Before we kind to go position by position like we did yesterday and talk about people who stood out, was there one player or two player that really kind of set themselves apart for you in your eyes from their uh, play here today?
2: Well, people should know that after this I will be leaving your hotel room and going back to my own hotel room. I can only
1: hope that it's sooner rather than later.
2: Uh, two players. Uh, I really liked Ty Johnson of Maryland. I thought he had a terrific uh, day today, which we'll get into. I also uh, – and he was from the east – the yep. west. I thought – there were two guys. Okay. We already spoke about Daniel Wise. We'll speak about him again. Yes. But I also thought that uh, Dalen Mack of Texas A&M really lit it up today. I agree.
1: Yeah, he is a guy that, uh, you know, we talked about on this show before. Ben Fennel had seen him live uh, down. I forget who Texas A&M played. It might have been Mississippi State, uh, and he was in action for that game. And Mack, he's a guy that can win off the ball with that quick first step. He's a big body. I mean, he, he probably carries – I don't know if you saw him up close, Tony, but, like, He probably carries like eighty five percent of his body weight from like his rib cage down. Like he is just a monster in his lower half, a a huge, huge body. Um, But he's able to win off the ball. He's got that quick first step. It's a matter of making sure he can finish plays. But all right, let's get into the position by position because I agree with you on Ty Johnson. So let's we'll skip quarterback. We're going to come to quarterback in a sec, but because I want to talk about Ty Johnson. He had a number of really big runs this, in this morning's practice. And I, I will say this, not to take anything away from Johnson, that offensive line for the East is playing pretty well. They're, and they're, they're attacking I think they're playing with really good energy. Uh, they're, they're a competitive group. They're all they're very loud and supportive of each other. Anytime one makes a big block, they're all kind of jumping on top of each other and making a, you know, making a scene of it. Not that Ty Johnson hasn't you know, had success, and he has. He's shown off that speed, that ability to get to the perimeter. He busted some big ones today. But I want to give some love to that offensive line as well.
2: I'll agree, but it it wasn't just his running. It was his pass-catching because they started the day doing drills where the linebackers had to try and uh, cover the uh, running backs and pass-catching drills. And the linebackers, for the most part, did a good job against Marquis Young of uh, Massachusetts and Darnell Woolfolk from the the, uh, U.S. Military Academy Army. But Ty Johnson was in a league of his own. I mean, he caught the ball well, but what really stood out to me was his route running. His route running was incredible. I mean, he was getting separation. He looked like some of the receivers we've seen on the East. He looked like uh, almost as good as uh, the Godwin kid. Uh, Terry Godwin Mm. running some of those routes. He was so quick-footed into those routes. Great balance, body control, stayed low exiting breaks, positioned himself. Uh, The linebackers had no chance to cover him. His route running was so good. So, I, I mean, we know he's a good runner. He has tremendous explosion. He's got a great burst. But when I saw the way he was running routes and catching the ball, which he really didn't do a lot of in yeah, Maryland. a good point. Uh, and he caught the ball well, fundamentally sound, extending his hands, uh, snatching the pass away from his frame. I was like, wow. I mean, yesterday we saw him run. Today we saw him run. And then I'm watching him go through pass-catching drills. I'm saying this kid is really doing what you have to do at one of these uh, All-Star games.
1: Yeah, I wasn't watching those uh, the running back versus linebacker one-on-ones. I had my eyes over on the offensive linemen, and I was for those individual periods and one-on-one. So uh, good to hear that he's sh- he did a good job in those drills. Any other running backs here here today that kind of stood out? To you? I talked with uh, Devine Ozigbo from Nebraska. Very good kid, it, and one of the things that I was very impressed with just from talking to him. He seems to be really attacking this pass protection aspect of it and taking that very seriously. It was something that you can tell he put a lot, a lot of time into studying, um, you know, and from a mental standpoint. And we know that physically he's a very gifted runner. Uh, I would say he's probably the best running back prospect here. Uh, but it was good to kind of talk with him and see, kind of check that box uh, in terms of personality. I, I liked talking to him.
2: The thing about Ozigbo and I apologize if I'm being redundant from what I said yesterday, is You know, he's listed at 230 pounds, 235 pounds. His actual playing weight is 222 pounds, and I said this yesterday. He runs more like he's a 208-pound back with his quickness and ability to uh, make defenders miss as well as run over them. That situation in Nebraska, especially offensively, was not good the past two seasons, and and I think it it basically cost him because he should have been a lot more productive or he had the skills to be a lot more productive than he actually was. Then again, it could be a good thing because there's not a lot of mileage on his body. And he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be fresh for the next level. He's probably going to be underdrafted, but if he ends up as a mid-round pick, a third-day guy, and you know he develops into uh, a, a productive rookie uh, a, a ball carrier that can eventually develop into a starter, all all will be good for him.
1: What uh, what about the quarterback position? Any of those guys uh, stand out to you today?
2: Uh, I, I was just. I don't want to say I was horrified, but, <laughs> but it, it was, you know. We've it,
1: seen much worse down Yeah, here well, we, so have. we have. We, we have seen you know, much what, worse you
2: know, Yesterday we started to see, we, we saw signs of good things, and I don't think any of them really improved on that today. I mean, Easton Stick made some nice passes and had a bad pick. Uh, Rippon had a bad pick. Uh, the, uh, the quarterbacks on, on the East, Te'amau uh, uh, was all over the place. The Oklahoma State kid, Taylor Cornelius, really didn't show him anything. Both Uh, of those guys had
1: fumbled snaps. By the way, both come from shotgun offenses. Both had issues taking snaps from under center today.
2: David Blau, uh, I think he threw a bad – either he or uh, Te'amu threw a bad pick in the first practice. I I mean, not impressed at all. Let me
1: ask you a question. Uh, This is uh, just over the last few years I've come to this conclusion, and I want to see if you agree. For quarterbacks specifically, because there's so much thrown at them, they're coming, you know, a new off. Op- they got to handle, you know, the, all the game planning from an offensive standpoint, and you know, trying to learn this new playbook and work with an offensive line and running backs and all the receivers and tight ends. I'm more lenient, I would say, on the negatives for quarterbacks in these events than I would say most other positions, and I'm more likely to say, you know, be more impressed with the highs than you know turned off by the lows when it comes to quarterbacks.
2: Uh, To an extent, and like I said yesterday, you know, these guys are basically throwing to receivers who they've barely known for 48 hours. They're practicing in a completely brand-new environment. And let's not forget, you know, the Senior Bowl is taking on eight quarterbacks, uh, which means that— Nine.
1: Nine this year. Nine.
2: Okay, nine quarterbacks. They added Tyree
1: uh, Jackson.
2: All right. So, which means, you know, whatever's left over is coming to this game. Yeah. That may sound offensive, but that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. I I mean, so— uh, you're, I understand what you're saying, and it's like I said yesterday. You know, you don't expect these guys to be pinpoint accuracy, but when they're wild, and a lot of them were just wild today, and uh, they just were not on the same page as their receiver, uh, it, it was not, it was not a pretty picture. That, okay. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah,
1: and I, I would say that would carry over my thought to next week as well. Let's get to the receiver position. One guy really stood out above the rest to me, and that was Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State, who I thought was outstanding,
2: fantastic. I mean, he was great route runner. Got separation, consistent hands. I spoke with his team afterwards. You know, they understand the situation. He's a great football player. He's not a great athlete. The hopes is he has not received the combine invitation yet. He's on that bubble. And what does that That's mean? That's crazy to me. Well what, what what that means is this. I understand it though. What happens is is they first they send the the uh, the, the invitations out to the cream of the crop from the senior class. Then they have to wait to see how many underclassmen have declared. I'm told the official number for underclassmen is 132. What? Yep. Uh, That's. I mean,
1: that's like shatters the record, right? It
2: does. It does. And there's some reasons why, which we can get into. Um, So then they're going to decide how many. It's usually about 80 to 85 percent of the underclassmen get uh, combine invitations. Because you remember, you got to remember, the underclassmen, unlike Keyshawn Johnson didn 't have junior jugu- right. timing day, so yeah. you know the, the the guys who were seniors kind of have a leg up because they were they were already been measured and weighed and arm length and hand length they did the wonder lick. some of them did forty times where the underclassmen there 's no information like that available to them, so most of them get the combine invites the rest wait for, wait for pro day and then depending on how many underclassmen they invite, they will send out the remainder of the um, the, the invitations to the seniors. I think Johnson is in good is in a good position because, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that there were a lot a lot of junior receivers who uh, underclassmen receivers. I'd have to look at
1: the. I thought, yeah. It seemed no. You know what? I, I feel like as was I was adding names backs, to my so own look, list look, when
2: I came down here, there were 20 underclassmen running backs. That's so crazy. Who entered the draft. I don't think there were a huge. Now there were some good receivers, yes. but I don't think there was a huge number of receivers. Yeah, I have to look at the volume. On tight ends. Um, but uh, the receivers just really don't ring a bell as far as numerical wise. So,
1: if the and the, you obviously you don't know the answer for this for sure, but in your in your thoughts, do you think that if, with such an influx of junior or juniors that would declare, would the combine bring more people, or do you think they're stuck in their number? You know, they don't bring the same exact number every year, but they've got their their basic range.
2: They're usually about three hundred twenty-five to three hundred thirty, and it's broken down by position. Right usually and it's also the teams have input we want more offensive tackles we want more tight ends you know so uh, it also depends on the talent you know if there this year doesn't look like it's going to be a very talented uh, receiver class but because of the influx of underclassmen it's going to be a good tight end class so we see may see more tight ends and there is also a need the teams are wanting uh, tight ends So we could see more tight ends than usual and a few less receivers. I I mean, it's not a static number. It's a dynamic number. uh, And it's not just based on the whole number. It's based on position, uh, talent, uh, uh, quality, as well as what the teams want.
1: All right, so are there any other receivers that really, you know, I thought that Godwin from Georgia had another good day. Uh, you know, the, the kid from Syracuse, uh, Jamal Custis, I thought, had a couple of splash plays. I didn't spend a ton of time watching the receiver position for the East, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Was there anybody, especially on that side, that, that really caught your
2: eye? Terry Wright of Purdue okay. made a couple of nice plays. Good route runner. You know what you see here with these guys is, which you don't catch on film oftentimes. When you, and you really see it live is the ability to route, run routes, the ability to stick your foot in the ground and basically make a ninety degree turn, if you will, or a yeah ninety degree turn, uh, and leave the def- defensive back hanging. Uh, Terry Wright did that well. Terry Godwin, uh, Terry Wright of Purdue. Terry Godwin of Georgia did it well. Ryan Davis of Auburn did it very well, although Ryan Davis did have a couple of drops, unfortunately. Um, didn't really notice uh, DeMarcus Lodge today. Yeah, I agree. Jesper Horst did struggle today. Had a couple uh, drops, yep. A couple drops. You can tell he can't run. You, you, just, you can just look at him. You can, you can see he's going to struggle. He's struggled to run a good 40 time. He doesn't get off the line quickly. He tends to round off his routes. Um, but besides the, the guys you mentioned, I was relatively impressed with Terry Wright of Purdue.
1: We didn't touch on any tight ends yesterday. Did any tight ends over the last two days? Uh, is there there's six of them here? Has there been one that has stood out above the rest for you?
2: When he's focused in on his game, uh, first of all, it would be Kendall Blanton. I mean, first of all, physically, he's the most imp- probably the most impressive looking player here. I mean, he looks like a big power forward in football pads, uh, and then he gets down the middle of the field and he extends and he looks like a center because he, he gets so high over uh, over defenders. He just towers over him. Uh, had one bad drop today, but for the most part has caught the ball very well. Where he is lacking is his blocking. Not unusual for a tight end coming out of Missouri, which rarely uses its tight ends in tight. Line. They usually line up on the slot in the backfield. But he has, he's just struggled really just recognizing his blocking assignments. But you can see just the incredible potential that uh, Kendall Blanton has. He's impressed me physically, and he's impressed me at times on the field with his play.
1: Uh, an interesting moment there with Blanton. So uh, I really like this. The West team, they did towards the end of practice, they did a, uh, a, basically they call it a competition series. And we've seen this over the course of the years uh, coming down to All-Star Games. And I love these situations where basically it's a few one-on-one type drills, one rep for each drill uh, right in a row. And they get the whole team, offense and defense together. They huddle them around. And there's usually something on the line. you usually up-downs or push-ups at the end for whichever side wins. And you had the the last rep, was Kendall Blanton versus Darius Pickett, the UCLA safety. If it was an incomplete pass, then the defense wins. If it's a complete pass for, I think it was for 10 yards or more, then it's a a win for the offense. Kendall Blanton won down the seam for a catch. The whole offense uh, went crazy. They ended up winning. The other three reps, before we just move on, uh, Ryan Pope, the left tackle for San Diego State, had a really nice pass protection rep to start things off. Yeah, but
2: two things. Number one, he got called for a penalty the first time. Because he moved. Yes, right. Yes, and he could have got make... called when he stopped him. He, he, <laughs> was, he was up against the, uh, uh, the, not to get the McNeese State kid, the uh, the other pass rushing kid from Angelo State. He was uh, up uh, against yeah, the, uh, Mark, uh, the Marcus, Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones, yes. And the second time, he should have got called for motion because I was watching <laughs> it. He looked like he moved his left foot before uh, they, they stopped. Huh. They phantom snapped the ball all
1: right well then uh defense, on the next rep the defense won Montre hartage from uh, northwestern had a really nice interception against cody thompson of toledo uh, on the outside jumped the route sat on it and jumped it for a pick really nice play uh, nick brissette had a catch uh, out of the backfield against drew lewis the colorado linebacker out in the flat that was a win for the offense and then blanton sealed the win there with the catch, I thought it was really—it's it, cool because to me, you know, I've talked with some scouts about these kind of drills in the past. Those kind of reps carry a little bit more weight because, they, you know, you see the the competitive juices are, fo- are flowing. The whole offensive defense there—who's going to shine? Who's going to step up in that kind of situation? Uh, and it was good to see those guys shine up when the uh, when the the pressure was turned on a little bit. Not
2: only that is everybody's watching it. Yeah, you know, because usually what happens is like uh, Hardage of uh, Northwestern, uh, Montre Hardage has really struggled. Uh, I mean he's gotten beat but the thing is when Montre Hardage is trying to co- cover the receivers you have usually ha- on one side of the field usually on the other side of the field you have the offensive linemen, defensive linemen going on one-on-ones and maybe in the center of the field you have the running backs and the linebackers uh you know doing coverage drills so it was a it was a great play by Hardage no doubt about it I was glad to see him cuz I like him as a player uh and he's had such a tough week but the other thing is is you know everybody that was in the Tropicana Dome, was watching those individual plays.
1: All right, let's go to the offensive line, where I spent a lot of time watching those guys for the E squad this morning. It's a good group overall. One guy that I think is just – he's just risen to the, to the top of the group to me is the, the kid from Elon, Oli Udo. Uh, we talked about him yesterday as being one of the people that really stood out to me, and I thought that carried through to today. Really looks the part, carries his weight really well. He moves pretty well. I think he's a better guard than he is a tackle. I think that's for sure. But uh, I think he's going to be an NFL player for sure.
2: He has the potential, and I absolutely agree. I, you know, you beat me to the punch that he's going to be a guard, not a tackle. Like I said yesterday, I, I mean, the tools are there. His film is also very good. I really want to see him develop a nasty streak. He, he's just—he's uh, got everything. He's got all the ingredients, but I just don't see that nasty streak to really finish off blocks. I mean, some of the guys like Tyree St. Louis. I mean, buried uh, uh, the the Boughton kid from uh, Cortez Bounton from um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, at one point i don 't see that from Utah. Uh, one guy are uh, speaking of small school guys. The one who really impressed me more than anyone was Joshua Miles of Morgan State. Mm. He was good yesterday, he was better today, long kid six foot five, plays guard, tremendous fundamentals, great knee bend, moves relatively well. He was the only guy I saw today that was able to stop Chris Slayton of Syracuse, who was just hammering everybody he went up against. Uh, Miles of uh, Morgan State, Joshua Miles of Morgan State, uh, really impressed. I was speaking to our buddy, actually uh, Lance Zerline, before practice, and Lance was asking me about a bunch of guys that he hadn't seen. I I told him to watch Josh Miles, and I said, I think he's a guy who spends a year in the practice squad, and Mm -hmm. then you could develop him. Lance came up to me after practice said you know what I think this kid could be an active roster player as a rookie and be a star eventually develop into a starter." so he's really getting some buzz down here yeah and deservedly I, so yeah
1: no quite there was one play I was watching it was the uh, the nine on seven period where he was able to release immediately up to the second level and he just hammered I'm trying to go through my notes and see who the linebacker was and of course I can't find it at the moment but just destroyed the linebacker at the second level It was a really athletic play really interesting uh, to see him get to the second level I would put uh, Ethan Greenidge from Villanova in that realm as well as another small school lineman that i think has shown pretty well here so far not to the level of udo uh and not to the level of um of uh the, of joshua miles but uh, has certainly done a lot of good things all right uh let's get over to the defensive side um daniel wise i agree with you has been you know one of the best players here you said that at the top i agree with you as well dalen mack has really really he had a really good day of practice uh you mentioned chris layton uh Really well put together kid. Looks the part um, and had a couple nice flashes today, like you said.
2: There are some people here, some scouts here who think that Chris Slayton is the best player in attendance. I don't know that I agree with it, but he's getting that kind of buzz. He's incredibly quick. He's relatively athletic. Plays with terrific fundamentals. Great pad level. Great leverage. Fires off the snap. Uses his hands. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed yesterday in the sense that he didn't show – He didn't. Sh- really play a strong game. I question people about it. They say he is pretty strong. He showed some of that strength today. I, I mean, he literally annihilated uh, Tyler Jones in one-on-ones mm. on back-to-back You're plays. right. I remember those. Yeah. I, I mean, just made Tyler Jones – it was embarrassing. Yep. It's embarrassing for me because I, I was very high on Tyler Jones. Uh, and like I said, the only guy I saw slow down Chris Layton was, was uh, Joshua Miles, and that was on one snap but uh, Slayton's had a terrific week here he's definitely a guy who's going to leave the week with a higher draft rate than when he came in
1: if I remember right Slayton even got Udo one time on the inside if I if I remember right, I'm trying to I have to go through my notes I'm pretty sure Slayton got him uh one time on the inside one other defensive lineman that I'm interested to get your thoughts on and see if you if you've heard anything positively about him Matthew Betts the the Canadian from Laval have you have you heard much there
2: I think it's Matobets. Uh, is that uh, New York Ranger fans remember? I'm not, uh, yeah.
1: I can't, I, if there's one thing I definitely cannot trust you on, it's pronunciation of anyone's name at all. Does
2: that look like Matthew did? It? I'm,
1: not, it. I'm not getting into this with you. Yeah, I would agree with you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, um, Tyree St. Louis of Miami, Florida, the huge offensive tackle, was having a good game. Betts went up against him, and Betts put a swim move on him, and I think to, uh, crossed to, him. Yep, uh, I, I think St. Louis's head is still spinning, yep. trying to figure out where. I mean, he, he showed great quickness off the snap, great hand technique, play with great. Pass, St. Louis didn't have a chance. And then there was another play I, It may have been against Udo. I, I may stand to be corrected there, that Betts just put his head down. Play with great pair level, and bull rush the guy. And he's 245 pounds off the line of scrimmage back into the pocket. So, yeah, this guy is absolutely, you know, people talked about him yesterday. They asked me about him. I said, I want to see if he can sustain. I don't want, you know, a guy like this has got to have good practices every single day, not just a star on Monday. Well, he was good on Monday. He was better on Tuesday. Let's see what happens tomorrow. But absolutely, Matteau or Matthew, whatever, whatever you prefer, tomato, tomato bets of Laval. Uh, that's in Canada, people. I mean, he's a Canadian player. Uh, has definitely raised some eyebrows here.
1: We've seen a lot of guys come from Canada and have you know gone to going to be drafted. I mean, they had uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, got drafted. He's a starter with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, Akeem Hicks came from uh, from, from Regina uh, and became a draft pick, and obviously is one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. We've seen a number of guys come from the great up north and uh, and you know have success down here, and then also in the NFL. Betts, after that swim move against uh, St. Louis, came back on the other side and matched up with Justin School, the Vanderbilt kid, and beat him with that inside move there too he i thought I, he kind of grew into it what's interesting he kind of reminds me of. Did you watch? Uh, do you remember Joe Osman last year from Central right, Michigan? Yeah, he was with the Eagles uh, all season with right. their, on their practice squad. Had a really good training camp. Was here on the practice squad all season. Uh, got a lot of love in the media in the back half of the year because the, you know he was doing such a great job on scout team. I, Betts kind of reminds me of him in that he's Central not. Michigan, do, yeah, but he doesn't have great physical tools. You know, he's not going to wow you with his size or his speed. You know, his ability to win off the ball. But he uses his hands really, really well. He's got a deep t- toolbox of pass rush moves. Can win in a lot of different ways.
2: I like Betts better, but then again, coming into the Shrine game, I knew what I was getting with Osman. Yeah. So, Betts is more of a surprise. I think he's a little bit quicker. I think he's a little bit more explosive than Osman. But like I said, you know, i am just seeing Betts really for the first time where Osman, I had watched him the previous uh, two years at Central Michigan.
1: All right. So uh, – you know,
2: getting back to school. Yeah. So talk, school's played well. I mean, uh, he's he's – He's not the, the prettiest blocker. He's not the smoothest athlete, but he's a big guy who, who's more of a positional finesse blocker. And for the most part, he's done a very good job of the past two days.
1: All right, let's get to the linebacker spot. And one guy, I'll tell you this, I was watching the 9-on-7s. I was down there right along the line of scrimmage, and I'm excited to just see who who stands out in this drill. Because this is, you know, even though it's not live to the ground, um, you know, it's all about it's, it's inside run. It's, it's, you know, the big boys going up against the big boys. Four plays in a row, Tony. The first four plays. Sion Takitaki, the the linebacker from BYU, was meeting the running back at the line of scrimmage or behind it. Uh, Had a really, really good start to practice. I really like this kid. I don't know how much you know about his background and everything, but um, an interesting story, uh, a guy who just moved off the ball this year, his first year playing uh, stacked in the line of scrimmage, was more of an undersized defensive end early in his career, missed a whole uh, season earlier in his career due to suspension. But Taki uh, Taki, to me, I think he's got the highest upside of any linebacker here in attendance.
2: It wasn't even graded coming into the year. Now, to go back to what you were saying, Oftentimes, it's tough to really scout linebackers in these All-Star games. Why is that? Because the linebackers are basically playing two-hand touch. Right. When a defensive end, you know, smokes a, 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 an offensive tackle like you know, Mato Bets over Tyrese St. Louis, everyone can see that.
1: You're gonna, you're just gonna keep saying Betts' name just so you can keep throwing in. When,
2: when, uh, Hardage of of, uh, of Northwestern makes a Montre Hardage of Northwestern makes a, makes a great pick, you know, uh in one-on-ones, you know, you see that. When when a quarterback makes a bit, you know, when Keyshawn Johnson is running great routes and, and snatching the ball there, you can see it. But the linebackers aren't allowed to make tackles. So I saw the plays with Taki Taki. And, you know, it's one of those things where you have to notice it. Because if Taki Taki was able to make the tackle to wrap up and bring the ball carrier down, you'd hear a lot of oohs and ahs from right. everybody. But he he, fired, he shoots through the gaps. He fires behind the line of scrimmage, finds the linebacker, uh, finds the ball carrier, quickly gets there, two-hand touch, plays dead. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. He did struggle in coverage drills. Mm.
1: Um, Not something he was asked to do a ton of.
2: Right. Uh, he, 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 seemed, he gets depth on his drops. When I watched him in the nine-on-sevens, he wasn't terrible. He was getting good depth on his drops. It's just that when, he, when his back was, was to the ball, he, he really struggled. But, mm. yeah, I agree. I mean, and after that practice, he was holding court. There was a, a pitcher. I walked past it, and then a pitcher was sent to me. There were about 12 people around him just shooting questions at him, I guess in large part because he's done so well and because of his story where there was a questionable background which he seemingly kind of straightened out to his credit
1: we uh I talked to him one-on-one uh after I think he got on that skirmish I, I got him before he went into the locker room and uh that'll be an interview that we'll post on philadelphiaeagles.com at a later date but uh, I was really impressed with him uh, I, I'm I'm excited to, to you know for his future like I said I think he's got the highest upside of any linebacker here any other linebackers uh Stand out to you today?
2: There are, there are a couple of them. I thought Cole Holcomb of uh, North Carolina made some nice plays, especially in the one-on-one drills. He was one of the few linebackers uh, that was able to cover the running backs. Uh, he did well. Ulysses Gilbert of Akron, not to be confused with uh, Ulysses Gilbert of the, uh, Ulysses Grant of the Civil War Very athletic, uh, excellent pursuit. You can see the quickness there. Uh, a lot to like. I also thought Khalil Hodge of Buffalo played well today. Um, which is good to see. And the, you know, we talk about Daniel Jones, his uh, teammate, Joe Deneen, a little bit of a smaller guy, very explosive, had a nice pick in scrimmage. Uh, I-, I think Joe Dineen, uh really also looked very explosive and helped himself. I was also relatively impressed with BJ Blunt of McNeese State, mm. uh, who was primarily a pass rusher at McNeese State, uh, showed a lot of athleticism, a lot of quickness, ability to play sideline to sideline, you know, He's not a third or fourth-round pick. Maybe he's a late-round selection, but you can see he's got the tools to work with.
1: I think you've named every linebacker in attendance here.
2: Uh, well, no, I didn't name Drew Lewis. Trey Watson, who's a good uh, run defender, was getting torched uh, in coverage Yeah, drill, so that's, well, that's the concern with him.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the secondary. Uh, any corners? that I'll, I'll give you one name, and we didn't talk about him yesterday. I don't think Jordan Wyatt from SMU. Uh, you know, you a player that um, tore his ACL the final game of his junior season. I watched film of him from uh, early in the year. And you could see he was still kind of making his way back from that injury. Looks fully healthy now. Uh, had a, had a nice pick, and uh, at some point the there there was a pick six that he Real took nice back pick. to the house. Yeah. Really nice play. Um, but thoughts on Jordan White, and then any other corners that stood out for you?
2: Good size. Uh, he's a guy who plays. You know, is a little bit streaky. You just got to get him to pull it together. Uh, and he's getting. He's you know he's, he was better today than he was yesterday. Small. Since we, you know, we talked about the small school offensive lineman, Jimmy Moreland of James Madison, uh, made several nice plays. He had an interception. Uh, I believe the only interception uh, of the East practice this morning had several nice pass breakups. Seems
1: like he's always around the ball. Played in these, was, a well, lot there in you the go. slot. You yeah, must,
2: you're either reading my mind or you're stealing my material. One so of you or both. Um, but yeah, I I mean, he's always positioning himself against the receiver to make a play on the ball. So if it's not interception, it's a pass deflection. And he wasn't just out on the flanks. I mean, they had him covering slot receivers and and moving around. So he showed a variety of skill today. Very impressed with him.
1: All right. How about safety? Anybody there?
2: Uh, you know, the kid from Boston college, Mm. Lucas Dennis makes a lot of plays, but he's just so small. I don't know, you know, what they're going to do with him uh but but he was constantly around the action he's very explosive he's got an excellent burst uh really liked him a lot today
1: yeah well I've talked a lot about Evan Worthington I talked about him yesterday I talked about him last week on the show uh I thought he you know moved well today again I, I haven't been studying the safeties too hard uh Evan or Andrew Wingard from Wyoming had a nice pick of Easton Stick in this game that he took back to the house he's a guy that will have to show that he's got the athleticism uh to be able to play at the next level but uh overall no safeties really stood out to me all right let's get into uh, our pick six. six. six of our favorite offensive players at the east west game now it's time for pick six all right so pick six tony i had the first pick yesterday uh it was a home field advantage for me i will concede to you today i will let you have the first pick who is the your best your favorite offensive player here in attendance in St. Petersburg
2: I'm I'm glad you're manning up or whatever the case may be with that one and I'm going to break your heart I'm going to take Keyshawn Johnson of Fresno State who was good on Monday better today you know you you want to see that consistent pattern throughout the week and Keyshawn Johnson is showing the consistent pattern say opposed to Ron Quavian Tarver who was really good on Monday but Ah, yeah, I really didn't see too much of him today. Seemed to struggle today. Keyshawn Johnson, the receiver from Fresno State, keeps getting better and better.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Oli Udo. And I'll say that because, uh, you know, coming into the week, I thought, you know, what, this kid's got some starting potential, uh, high floor kid, you know, good size, really looks the part in person. I was very impressed with what I've seen from him in person here. And maybe I've got a little bit of recency bias because of what we've seen so far this week. But I will say coming into the week, he was probably one of my favorite offensive linemen coming into the game. That's really held up. He's been a guy that that I've been very impressed with so far through two days.
2: Staying with that theme, I'm going to take Josh Miles because, number one, I think he, I think he's played better than Uda. Number two, he was basically a no-name. Uda was given a seventh-round grade by scouts coming into the season, so they knew about Uda. I mean, Uda was a guy they spoke about. Miles, Josh Miles, Joshua Miles of Morgan State wasn't even graded by scouts, and he's a guy that I think people are going to come out of this game and say, wow, what did we miss and go back and... Look at a lot more film on him. So I'm going to go with Miles as my second guy.
1: With my second guy, I'm going to go with a player that, you know, he hasn't had the sharpest week. Um, but to me, I'm just going to still rely on what I've seen on film, and that's Easton Stick from North Dakota State. I uh, did have a chance to talk with Easton today after practice. was very impressive, which is something I expected. Um, but really a, a guy that, to me, comes from a pro-style offense, was asked to do a lot of pro-style things from a mental standpoint, pre-snap. Uh, you know, doesn't have the biggest arm. I think he's a good enough athlete. Hasn't shown great accuracy to the, this week so far, but on film I think he's got good accuracy, good touch, uh, good timing down the field. They throw, I think he throws a pretty good deep ball. He's very tough in the pocket. To me, I think you check a lot of boxes with Easton Stick, and I think that he's probably one of the better high-floor passers in this draft. I think he's got the ability at least to be a solid backup in the NFL.
2: I will then go with Ty Johnson. I, I was going to take somebody else, but I'm going to go with Ty Johnson because – Struggle with injury as a senior, struggled to uh, win his, uh, his starting job back, but really showing all the ingredients as to why scouts graded him as a last-round pick coming into a senior season. Uh, I think he has the – in the right system, he could be a starter. Uh, the pass-catching skills and the, and the route running today just blew me away. Uh, I think at, at, the very f- at the very least, he's a situational third-down back, but he has the ability to be so much more at the next level.
1: My last guy. I'm going to take. And this is another tough one because he hasn't had. He hasn't really stood out to me this week, and I know that there are definitely flaws here. I'm going to go Demarcus Lodge from from Ole Miss. A, you know, a guy that I think has vertical speed, can work in the intermediate area, can work in the deep area of the field. He's got some Christmas to his uh, to him as a route runner, but he's not quite there yet. I really like him beating press coverage. The only thing is is that number 1 he hasn't he hasn't been overly consistent this week. He does have some drops on film as well. The flashes are very good at the catch point, but he does have some drops. And I think that he's just got to get better in terms of his route running overall, because he's only run routes from one position. It was a very limited route tree he only lined up on the far right of the formation outside of a game or two. Uh, so this is a guy that's going to have to work you know, on some things from a route running standpoint. He's not the biggest kid either. Uh, so there are some flaws there, but to me, DeMarcus Lodge on film checks a lot of boxes and he's a guy that I'm a big fan of, but all right, Tony, so here, here's the plan now. We, uh, we've we got practice tomorrow, and this is actually me talking to Tony and t- letting him know what we're doing over the next couple of days. Um, so we've got practice tomorrow, uh, morning practice. We'll see the East again in the morning. Between practices, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a little podcast. Maybe we'll pre- preview the game here on Saturday. Um and we'll have a write-up later on in the week about some matchups, and players that have stood out. And then, of course, who we'll expect to see Saturday. We'll have a preview for next week, some players that, uh, that we can expect to see shine down in Mobile, Alabama. And then, We'll be back for uh, for preview podcast for the Senior Bowl on Monday and Tuesday. So this has been a great week so far. Tony, again, you can follow on Twitter at Tony Pauline. Check out all of his great work over at draftanalyst.com. All right, let's get to our unofficial visit today, and that is, again, with Michigan offensive lineman Jawan bushel Beatty The
2: Unofficial Visit.
1: Here now with Michigan's uh, offensive lineman, Juwan Bushell Beatty. Juwan, uh, give us a quick scouting report of what you think you'll bring to the next level.
0: So I think that uh, something I'm really good at is uh, gap scheme plays, you know, coming down, blocking the through technique, running through. Um, I think I'm really good on contact with uh, double teams. I think that's probably one of my biggest assets as a player. Uh, and then just like the, my explosiveness through, through uh, blocks. And
1: what's one area that in talking with scouts that you know you feel like you need to improve on moving forward to the next level?
0: One thing I definitely need to improve on going forward is just uh, uh, closing and closing on the second level with backers, You know, playing in open space. NFL is a lot of fast guys. Everyone's, everyone's a good athlete, so I think one of the biggest things going forward is just being able to play in space, blocking second-level guys effectively, and um, just being more consistent. And then, What's an underrated
1: part of playing on the offensive line? Maybe the fans don't necessarily think about it. You know, These guys have to deal with on a down-by-and-down
0: basis, but very, very important for the position. Um, there's a lot of thinking involved in the yeah. offensive line. A lot of people just think that we, uh, you know, just run into people and just take up space, but uh, it's, it's all schemed up. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of details that go into that stuff just to, you know, just to have it play to be effective. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is just knowing and understanding your offense. So uh, the mental aspect of the game is probably one of the biggest things that most people don't know.
1: You seem like a very thoughtful
0: guy. Like, is that something that you kind of embrace, is that aspect of the of the game? Yeah, I, I consider myself to be pretty insightful. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself to be the smartest guy in the field, but I, I'd say insightful. I do I do tend to think a lot, and uh, I, it's probably one of my biggest assets, also probably one of my biggest curses. But, um, I mean, yeah, man, I, I just enjoy what I do, so I'm just out here having fun.
1: What's the, the Obviously, you want to be able to show that you're versatile, but what's the one position you feel like, you know, I feel most comfortable in this role moving to the next level?
0: Most comfortable, I'd probably just say tackle, left, uh, right tackle more specifically. Just I have most of my college experience there. I feel like, you know, I've created a name for myself playing right tackle, and I think going forward just continuing to do what I do and make it more consistent.
1: And then who's been one player that's really kind of surprised you or really impressed you over the course of the first couple of days of practice here? Um, hmm.
0: That's a good question. It's a lot of good that's guys. It's a, a, a thoughtful of, question. That's a lot of good guys, yeah. Uh, I'd say the guards just in general have been playing real well. I think uh, – I think there are some, there are some good players. I, it's hard to just name guys specifically, but the offensive guard has just been real, real impressive.
1: All right. So, Michigan, I was a very talented defensive line. Who, who Tell us a little bit about some of those guys in that front that, that are coming into the NFL.
0: So, uh, who, who got Chase, Chase and Rashawn? Yes, correct. So, yeah, so I, man, they're just hardworking dudes. Uh, Chase has a motor unknown to mankind, pretty much. Uh, Rashawn, strong, powerful, explosive dude, and they're both really smart. And they just play instinctually, just like, you know, great defensive players do. So I think there's, uh, they have a great upside, and I think going forward they're going to be very successful.
1: Right, so I ask you that first because my next question was the Big Ten had a lot of really talented defensive linemen this year. Outside of the guys from Michigan, who was a defensive lineman that you faced this year that really, really impressed you and you thought maybe that's kind of the best guy I've seen all year?
0: Uh, probably have to go with Sharif Miller. I thought Sharif Miller was a pretty good player. I thought um, – he had, good, he had good speed, he had good quickness, so uh, I had to be on my P's and Q's that game. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good players in the, in the Big Ten, a lot of good defensive ends, but he stuck out to me the most. All right, well, Juwan,
1: best of luck throughout the rest, the rest of this week, and then best of luck the rest of the process as well. Thank you. Appreciate it great stuff there from juan i thought it was especially interesting to hear him talk about defensive end sharif miller from penn state a junior who declared for the draft i haven't scouted miller yet but he's a guy that i will definitely be getting to sooner rather than later all right let's move on to our scouting report segment where today i'm going to read my notes on byu linebacker sione takitaki
2: dim those lights we're headed to the film room for the scouting report
1: All right, Sione Takitaki, 6'2", 230 pounds. He's from just a, a small town just outside Sacramento, He's had a long road throughout his career. Started as an undersized defensive end, had some issues there, was suspended for a full season, but he has rebounded. He won the team's Defensive Player of the Year last season, his junior year. That was ahead of a second-round draft pick in Fred Warner. Then he was named a captain in this his final season. So this is a guy that I think the arrow is kind of pointing up with. And this is a two-year starter in their 3-4 scheme. It was his first at strong side linebacker after playing as a D-end last year as a junior end throughout most of his career in that 3-4 scheme. Spent most of his time this year stacked, but did still have some reps off the edge in a two-point stance as well. He was typically aligned up to the boundary side, to the short side of the field. For an off-the-ball linebacker, he's got good height. He's got a light frame, seemingly long arms. I'm excited to see what his official measurements are. And he's a fluid athlete. He moves pretty well laterally. He eats up ground well in a straight line. When he sees it, he can press the line of scrimmage in a hurry and attacks blocks with good hat and hand placement. Rarely seems to lose track of the football. I like his eyes. Used to dealing with contact, and he does a nice job working his way through traffic and finding the football. That allowed him to be as productive as he was, and he was very productive over the last couple of seasons. He was used very often as a quarterback spy and he looked comfortable in that role he was dropped as a as a hook curl player in underneath zone coverage and he showed the athleticism to get to his landmark and rally to the football and at times he was asked to man up on running backs and he has the quickness to match up with most backs out of the backfield tony talked about that earlier how you know he had some issues there but we'll get to that in a second. You know, from a negative standpoint, look, I think on film mentally, he's definitely a little bit tentative at times with his reads, you know, which is understandable because this was his first year playing in that stacked role, in that position, seeing the game from a completely different angle. He can be a little bit slow to shoot his gun downhill at times just because he doesn't look quite as confident in what he's seeing. Like I said, though, when he sees it, he hits the hole hard. He's just definitely one of those guys. You know, He's still kind of developing with his key in diagnosing ability. Uh, you know, The other big thing didn't have great play strength he's a drag down tackler may struggle getting bigger backs to the ground in the NFL so he's still got to get a little bit bigger and stronger develop physically at the next level still thinking as a man coverage defender and still has to get things sorted out from a mental processing and technique standpoint in coverage Tony talked about that how he saw you thought he thought he was a little bit lost at times in coverage here today that doesn't shock me considering what I saw on tape did never recorded an interception throughout his career again This was his first year at linebacker, so he's still kind of learning how to play in coverage. But this is a guy who spent most of his career on the edge – He'll have to you know, make that full-time tra- transition to a stacked role where he spent most of his last year. Needs a lot of work, a lot of development, but I think if he can buy into being a special teamer, he could be a very good one early in his career while being that back end of the depth chart player and then working his way into playing on defense because from a physical standpoint, he's built for today's NFL. It's, a, it's about learning how to play that position. I think he's got the, the you know, physical tools to be that, especially seeing him live here in person. I, I feel a little bit better right now uh, about him, you know, than I did say even a week ago at this time. I, I'm, a, I'm pretty high on Sioni T- Takitaki. He's one of the top prospects down here in St. Pete for the Shrine game. All right. Great stuff today from Tony Pauline and all of you out there listening, whether you're on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app, or any of our podcast platforms. Thank you again for listening, as always, to the Journey of the Draft podcast. I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you tomorrow.